Entertainment capital of the world. That's what you want to know. It's the TC Martin Show. Yeah, I had an idea. <laughs> Diagnosis. I had an idea, and then uh... prognosis. Yeah, I take the serious. Osmosis. Why is it funny? It wasn't. It wasn't funny. I wasn't laughing about it. Yeah. It's not funny. It's not funny. Nothing's funny. Don't you ever talk about me? Yeah, I had an idea. That's the result you won't get. It's the doctor, TC Martin. I don't go out there and laugh. laugh. The doctor is now in. Oh, yes, it is. It's a Tuesday afternoon. You know what that means. Yes. Terrible Tuesday. I'm fired up, revved up, ready to go. Ready to rant today. Because as we know, it's the Super Bowl. We got all the Super Bowl hype. Looking forward to that. All right. Finally getting here. The dead week is gone. And now let us talk about the game. And uh, we'll be doing that Today, tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday with all of our guests ratcheting up for us. Starting today, we'll talk to Houston Nutt from CBS. Of course, the former coach at Ole Miss, Arkansas, Boise State. Of course, back in the day, does a great job on the CBS Sports Network and CBS Sports, really from the college side. Uh, We'll get his thoughts regarding Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, and the quarterbacks that these two guys have become in their early years as professionals. So we'll get his take on that. Matthew Holt will join us today as well, too, as we talk Super Bowl betting and are really taking a look at how this game has evolved from the sportsbook betting side. When we talked to Chuck Esposito yesterday and then, of course, last week with Jay Cornegay and John Murray over at the Westgate, talking about all of the prop bets, over 400 prop bets on display at just about all of these books around town. So yeah, we'll talk to Matthew Holt regarding that and have some fun with that today. And of course, uh, plenty to talk about today. Uh, tomorrow, give you a little heads up. Uh, our football crew will be joining us. One of our quarterbacks, Steve Berline, will be joining us. Our uh, offensive lineman, our 15-time Emmy Award winner, Trevor Maddich, will be joining us uh, as well. And then uh, we look forward to Thursday and Friday. We'll be at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the world-famous Superbook both days. So normally our Friday home and, of course, on special occasions. But, again, with the Super Bowl hype and everything, people rolling into town, we will be there Thursday and Friday. And the uh, former mayor, Oscar Goodman, will be joining us uh, Thursday on the show as uh, Oscar will be getting ready to make his annual Super Bowl bets. And we've got some some martinis to talk to Oscar about and a whole lot more. So we got all that happening. Of course, as you know, a big weekend at the Westgate is they unveil their comedy shows starting on Thursday. Uh, Marsha Warfield uh, in the house. And uh, I'm looking forward to going to see her uh, spend some time with Marsha uh, a few years back. When um, when I was promoting and doing the Sinbad shows, and uh, Marsha was at the shows, so that's kind of cool. So look forward uh, to that. So yes, unveiling the comedy cabaret at the Westgate Las Vegas uh, Thursday nights. Uh, go through that weekend and uh, at 10 p.m. Then of course, as we know, Friday and Saturday, cool in the gang, and we've got tickets to give away for that as well as well as the comedy cabaret. So stay tuned for all of that and more. Nub Chuck, you wanted to say something? I did. Is okay. There, so fire away. We're talking martinis. Yeah. Uh, apparently, is there going to be taste tests? I would imagine so. I'm calling. I, I hope so. I'll, I'll be there. You, you'll be there. You go. There you go. We're gonna get Big Hayes in here. Big Hayes running the board. Let's, let's do this. Is that the deal? 
I don't know. Let's see. Well, you don't drive anyway, so you don't have to worry exactly. about a sobriety checkpoint. But yeah, now Oscar Goodman, uh, apparently they're going to be naming a new martini for Oscar as well when he's, you know, making his uh, bets. You know, and people are asking me, they go, Oh, is he going to be bringing the showgirls? Cause you know, he, he does travel around with the showgirls. I still. say, doesn't he bring them everywhere? I guess. I don't know. I just wonder if Carol's going to be around because, you know, I've had Carol on the show, you know, quite a bit in the past as well, too. His his wife, Mayor isn't, Goodman. Isn't she too busy running a city? She probably is. Yeah. Isn't she? All right. I like that. The good the Goodman family. All right. All right. So, yeah, we're uh, looking forward to that. So come on by, see the show live on Thursday and Friday. But, yes, Terrible Tuesday. It's time to rant and time to roll. It's Tuesday. That's terrible. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. Yes, the Pro Bowl games have concluded. The Pro Bowl games here in Las Vegas. Thank goodness. They are done, and we don't have to talk about it anymore. But, but as but, as but we are, but we are. Yes, after today, I don't want to talk about it again. Okay, all right, sounds good. The Pro Bowl games last weekend here in Las Vegas. The skills competition was Thursday night at the Raiders facility in Henderson. All right, now ESPN did a live broadcast on that, and usually when they do these type of things, they tape most of the segments. And But they tried to do most of this stuff live at the facility. Now, you had some goofy events. Obviously, they were not there in Henderson, like the long drive contest. This was a So I didn't see where that was. Did you golf. see where they did that? I did, and I can't recall the course, but it was a course here okay. in, in Vegas. But again, please tell me, what the heck does a long drive have to do with a Pro Bowl? Please tell me. Going once. Going twice. I have nothing. Three times the Lady Lionel Richie Commodores. I have no idea. But anyway, so that was Thursday night. So they had some issues with that. And then, you know, we Sunday was at Allegiant Stadium where we had the flag football tournament and the other so-called skill games. That was Sunday. Three flag football games. Now... Three flag football games, because I guess one wasn't enough, so you wanted to get everybody in, with Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, captaining. Okay, from a TV standpoint, I guess that was okay. But if you're one of the 58,000 people that were there or bought a ticket, did you really have a good time? I didn't see a lot of people roaring and screaming. It looked like, well, what is there to roar and scream about? I mean, you have three separate flag football games. You're getting points for the winning team. And then whoever has the most cumulative points at the end are the winners. And they're actually putting this in the history books of, oh, the NFC won 35 to 33. And that's supposed to compare to the actual games they used to play in Hawaii, in Orlando. Well, you can't count last year, even though it was a game. It was a two-and-touch football game. But you had three seven-on-seven flag football games and they're counting this as part of the record book. Very strange. All right. But they let's talk about the other skill games. All right. Moving the chains. Did you see what this nonsense was? I, now, did. I guess you had to have something for the, the fat lineman, right? 
I shouldn't really say the fat linemen, but you know the big guys. The well, line, you know, they're they, all big. They, they have on. something, right? Okay, so we so we had something for the receivers, and we had something for the quarterbacks and the running back and the, the seven on seven. But again, you know, there was a guy snapping the ball, and then he would just bend over. He's not part of the play and that nonsense. But you had these linemen that were like taking weights off in a hurry, and then they were like trying to like pull a sled like a tug of war thing and then they would bust out the chains the chain gang okay usually we see you know 50 60 year old men women do you know doing the chains and this and that and then now these guys after they're they're using their muscles to pull the this sled or whatever it was and now they're pulling chains it didn't make any sense and the crowd was really confused with this I didn't understand any of it. And again, I only saw maybe about 17 seconds of it, but it looked like the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. Why are we doing this? Any answer, Chuck? Because they're trying to gear it for the kids. The kids? Like the you- kids. We're, we're supposed to be, we're taking weights off these barbells or whatever, and then we're like kind of in a race, and then we're going to get the 10 yard marker chains and casually walking around like we're 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 in the middle of a, a TV timeout I didn't understand it and I, and I still understand it all right the passing things I understand that the long drive I don't understand that the lightning round what the heck is the lightning round hold on before we get back to the be- the, the best catch the best catch did you did you see who was quarterback in that no mb7. MV7. Michael Vick. Michael Vick. Michael Vick. Was, 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 the, was throwing, was throwing was, balls for the best catch. Yes. Okay. All right. So flag football, moving the chains, kick-tack-toe. So we have to have something for the kickers and the punters. So they're aiming at, you know. it's the, They're aiming at the upright. Right. And it's cut into nine segments. Yeah. So instead of the uh, the all-state net or whatever, yeah. we've got tick tack it, it's a tic-tac-toe. It's all yeah. these little TVs. And, yeah. yeah. And how do you win that? You make a tic-tac-toe. You make it. <laughs> and there's a punter involved, and the punter is punting something, right? And the well, long snapper so, snapping. So the long snapper snaps yeah. from a yeah. certain distance. I don't know what, they, what it was. Yeah. The punter punts, and the kicker kicks. Same thing. Do you see how ridiculous that is? All right? If you're not going to do these things in a normal game, then I don't want to see it for any skills competition. All right, I don't want to see it. What is the gridiron gauntlet? Gridiron gauntlet. That was another game or whatever. I don't know. But I also know one thing is the lightning round ended with them dunking Eli Manning with confetti. Dunking Eli Manning with confetti. So the gridiron thing was the uh, obstacle course. Obstacle course. It's got like the the tires. Okay. It's got like the I, walls. I can and do stuff that. Like, that. like that's something I could see. And, you know, the NBA skills challenge. We do that. Yeah. You know, you know, run, pass, dribble, shoot. Okay, fine. But that's ridiculous. All right. Now, is this more ridiculous that the players? Obviously, they got paid for for making the Pro Bowl, right? But to add a little incentive, and they've always done this with winning teams. The winning team gets more than the losing team. So therefore. Each player from the winning team got $84,000. $84,000. The losing team, each member got $42,000. That's actually more money 
All right, the winning team of the Pro Bowl games, more money than what the losing team of the Super Bowl is going to get. Now, if you win the Super Bowl, each player gets 150 grand. Losing team gets 75 grand. How insane is this? That players, they're in the Pro Bowl, playing seven on seven or pulling tires or whatever, are going to get 84 grand more than the losing team on Sunday. Now I'm wondering if each game had a a price too. No, only a point value for the total score so we can determine a but true I'm saying, winner. But I'm saying but so no, like No. Oh. Anybody? Yeah, who, who's who's in there? If you made the Pro Bowl, okay? You're one of the 50. Yeah. 84 grand and you know, you're part of the NFC? There it is. You're a punter for the NFC? 84 grand. You're playing tick or kick kick that. Toe. Yeah. You're the kicker, 84 grand. You're the center, 84 grand. You're the quarterback, 84 grand. Derek Carr got 42 grand. Josh Jacobs got 42 grand. Josh Jacobs said, This stupid blank. Players weren't liking this. They said, This is just stupid blank. And you could fill in what he used there. It was a joke, but the NFL can't do anything wrong. You know that? Because you know how many people watch this thing? Want to take a wild guess? Not a clue. 6.2 million viewers, which isn't great, but it's 6.2 million viewers watch this nonsense. And I'm bringing it up today because I'm going to compare it to last year. How many people watched the Stanley Cup Finals? The Stanley Cup Finals in the NHL. 4.5 million. This outdrew by a large number the people that watch the Stanley Cup Finals. Are we insane? But this just goes to show you the NFL has a marketing machine. People have nothing better to do, and they blocked off the time. Remember I talked about it yesterday? You couldn't find a college basketball game to watch during 1 to 4 p.m. Where's the CBS triple header or the Fox triple header with college basketball? I mean, we had had rivalry weekend Saturday. It was loaded up, man. Carolina, Duke, Gonzaga, St. Mary's, Purdue, Indiana. But Sunday, nothing. The best game that you had was after this nonsense was over with Wisconsin and Northwestern. That was it. Early morning before this, you had Seton Hall in DePaul. You had Nebraska in Penn State. So college basketball said it will stay with they think it was a Super Bowl. Compete with this nonsense. Give us something to watch. I'd rather watch the Ocho than this nonsense. The cherry seed spitting. Cherry pit. Pit spitting. Whatever. <laughs> Insane. It was a joke. <laughs> now we get to this week. The Super Bowl. As I like to say, the biggest pseudo event ever. Now, Chuck, do you know what a pseudo event is? No. Okay. I'll educate you. Okay. Cool. The the, the pseudo uh, uh, event is basically it's the sole purpose of generating media attention or publicity. So it's really a an event that's really a non-event. It's kind of a made-up event. I and got you. That's what the Super Bowl, in my opinion, and others have called it that as well, too. I can't take full credit for that. But these events, a pseudo-event, kind of lack real news value, but still become the subject of media coverage, a public relations coup. And that's what the Super Bowl has become, a public relations coup. All right? So, 
All this hype and this nonsense where, for the most part, the game doesn't live up to it. And I hope this one does because we've got the tightest point spread here. This should be a great game. It really should. But here's where my problem lies with the whole Super Bowl. The day, the hype, and everything else is this week. Media night was last night. Yes. Now, going back in the day, media day was kind of fun. It was a chance... For you to get to know the players, to have some fun, maybe ask some, some fun questions. But then, about 20 years ago, the weirdness started to happen, right? You started to get the, the late night talk show hosts, you know, like Jimmy Kimmel would uh, send Guillermo, right? I love Guillermo. I love that too. And I'm cool. And I'm down with that. Not to be, you know, misconstrued here. I like Guillermo and I like that angle. Okay. All right. So back in the day when you used to, you know, have, uh, you know, cha-cha-cha woman, yeah. whatever, you know. she I can't think, yeah. Yeah, Charo. I, yeah. Charo, and she'd shake her, you know what's, and, and ask some fun. And then there were others. Morgana the Kissing Bandit. Okay, she'd show up at, you know, obviously, all the, you know, Super Bowl, yep. All-Star Games, all that kind of stuff. So that was kind of cool. All right. But now, it, it, it's kind of gone by the wayside. You know, now we've, you know, gone from, you know, having some fun to getting crazy. Uh, we'll give Marshawn Lynch a lot of credit for this because remember, you know, he just didn't want to be part of it. Like a lot of players don't want to be part of it. You know, I'm here so I don't get fined. Okay. But here's the deal. It's gotten worse with all these social media goofballs. That's when it's gone way overboard. Now you have over 2,000 media members. 2,000. There isn't 2,000 legit media members in our country or even in the world, right? But you got Everybody on social media, dot, dot, this, dot, dot, that. I mean, are you kidding me? And you get to hear some of the most goofy questions asked, followed by the most insane answers offered from these players. And why are these people, these so-called media members, asking questions so they can go viral? Yes, so the so-called media members can now dress up in costumes and dress up in outfits. Why? So they can be noticed. And so they can go viral. Oh, yeah. Now, some of the stupid questions from last night. Do you know that a question was asked to Philadelphia Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni? Is this a must-win game? Some moron ask him, is this a must-win game? No, it's not. It's it's only the biggest game of everyone's entire career. Is it must-win? No. So why would someone ask that? Because they want to hear themselves. So someone would like me would talk about it today. And they could go, viral. Yeah. You're making this poor guy viral now. Thanks. <laughs> Another question was asked to Nick Sirianni. Get this. True story. Last night. Uh, which one of your players would you would be okay dating your daughter? Nick Sirianni's daughter is five. She's five years old. And people are asking this guy. Now, if it's me, I don't know if I'd have fun or I would I would want to blast somebody. I mean, you know my daughter's five. Oh, well, when she gets older. Still goofy, unacceptable. That dry, drives me nuts. All right, the media night. It used to be fun. Now it's insane. It's garbage. The Madden simulation. 
Now we know what I'm talking about here, right? The Madden game, they have a simulation. Yes. They they do the game. I don't know who's playing the game, how this come up, but we're going to we're going to do get ready folks. We're going to get the Madden simulation game. It's the Eagles against the Kansas City Chiefs, except it's not the game hasn't been played yet. It's not played on a field. It's played on a on a console, a video game with your thumbs, right? Yeah. So they had the video game reenactment, right? Okay. We're the Madden game predicts the score. Do you know what Madden's record is in the last five years? I have no clue. One in four. <laughs> One in four. So why do we have to hear about this? Why all of this hype? Oh, the Madden game simulation. It, this isn't a thing. It shouldn't be a thing. Why is it a thing? Please help me out with that. Why is that a thing? Because right? video games are huge now. No, Although huge. Yeah. I don't know players love playing it. So that makes me sick. But this is the one that really gets me. We can't call it the Super Bowl. It is the Super Bowl. It's the big game. No, it's the Super Bowl. It's a big game. It's a Super Bowl. Big game. I've watched it. I'm gonna edit. I see it. I'm editing every I'm Super Bowl. I'm editing Super Bowl. I'm editing every Super Bowl today. This bothers me. Can you tell? You must say The big game. That's right. Yeah. You have to say the big game. Sports books, restaurants, they're afraid to say Super Bowl. Instead, they have to say Big Game. That's right. They gotta say Big Game. Why are we saying big game? Because we're afraid we're gonna get a lawsuit. Are you kidding me? The NFL controls everything. It is insane. Watching the Food Network. And what do you get? Hey, you know what? Let's get ready for our big game snacks that's right because we can't call it the super bowl instead let's make have a competition and let's call it the big game snacks i saw this i saw this nonsense on the food network because i I'm, I'm perusing because nothing else was to watch on the pro bowl so i had to watch food network which i don't mind watching food network but when they said this is the big game snacks competition. I've had it. I'm out. I don't understand it. So let me put this in comparison. We don't need this. No one is going to sue anybody, any sports book, any restaurant that's having a party. Numbchuck, you're going to have 16 people over, come over and, you know, have your ribs or whatever. No one's going to sue you. And you can put a poster out on social media or you can hang it up on the telephone pole, the corner from your house and you can call it. The Super Bowl. You can. Big game. <laughs> you're not going to get sued. Big game. Trust me. You're not going to get sued. Big game. Nobody cares. Big game. Do we do this, my friend? Do we say, hmm, hey, have you ever heard anyone saying, let's go watch the Ultimate Series? You ever hear anybody say that? No. You know why? Because we call it the World Series. It's the World Series, right? It's fine. It's fine. Everybody can call it the World Series. Come to the sports book. Watch the World Series. Bet on the World Series. How about this? Do we call it the, hey, let's come watch the huge finals? No, we call it the NBA finals. The NBA didn't have a problem with it. Major League Baseball didn't have a problem with it. Why does the NFL have a problem with Super Bowl? Why do we have to say? The big game. I don't get it. This irritates the heck out of me. Don't call it that, all right? Boycott this. Big game. Call it the Super Bowl. Big game. No one is getting sued. Big game. 
tell me, if we are going to go to a horse party, do you say, come over to my horse party? It's the Kentucky Derby. It's the Kentucky Derby party. Nothing wrong with it. Anyone going to get sued? All right. No, it's the Kentucky Derby. So why is the almighty NFL so butthurt if someone wants to say Super Bowl Big game. other than their own networks? That's all it is. It's a butthurt thing. There's a, they think someone else is going to make money off this? Is this what they're afraid of? It's the most insane thing I've heard. Insane in the membrane. Big game. In the two weeks between the conference championship games and the... Big game. <laughs> Why? So we can get more nonsense like this? These events that we're talking about. And we have to talk about stuff like this. All right? You don't need two weeks. You ruin the momentum. You ruin everything. Probably get off to slow start in this... Big game. And then the 40-minute halftime show. 40-minute halftime show. So we can have a concert, right? Just kill all that, right? Now, I'm cool with that. You want to... Have the pomp and circumstance. You want to have a concert? I'm actually okay with it. But let's revisit where we've gone, where we came from, and where we're at right now with the halftime concerts. Yeah, it's 40 minutes, right? It's a concert that more than 75% of the audience doesn't care about, or they don't even know who the artists are. Seriously, think about that. All right? They've pigeonholed this thing where if you don't like country music... All right, then you're not going to watch a Clint Black sing or whatever like that. Same thing goes with hip hop, whether it's heavy metal, whatever. Now, you go back in the day, you know where this whole thing started, right? Very first Super Bowl, you had the bands. Okay, you had bands. Uh, You know, you had the Southern bands, the Jackson State bands early on. But yes, it wasn't until 1991 where this current format started. A little trivia for you, Numchuck. All right? So every year, as we know, the performers are from different genres. But the majority of the people, like I said, really could care less about. But it started in 1991, Super Bowl 25. Do you know who the very first artist was when they started this concert at halftime? No. Take a wild guess. Not a chance. Uh, Not a clue. Give me genre. Pop. Because they thought they were going to cross over. Was it MJ? They thought they were going to cross over. Was it MJ? MJ. Nope. No, no, no. Prince and all that stuff was later. You ready for this? Drum roll, please. You want to do it? New Kids on the Block. Wow. New Kids on the Block started this mess. And people said, I don't like New Kids. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. The right stuff. I can't believe I'm singing the right stuff to this, but anyway. I love that you just did that. Yeah, I bet you did. Uh, I'll go viral. <laughs> Maybe I'll be a social media icon. Are you kidding me? Yes. Rihanna's performing this year. All right. So do you think that the majority of the people can name one Rihanna song? One. I'm talking about the majority of the football fans. Majority yes. of people are going to be watching. No, they can't. Yes, I say, they can. I would say 25% or less can name one Rihanna song. I'm not going to cave in on this, man. Less than 25%. How much you want to bet all of our guests today know one Rihanna song? You think? Yes. Okay, but I'm going to say 75% doesn't. And the guests, the three guests that we got, or two guests we got coming up, yeah, I'll, I'll say you're wrong with that. All right, but every year the performers 
you know, they get out there and they do this. I mean, how many real football fans really wanted to see new kids on the block? Clint Black, Tony Bennett, Tony Bennett. The only people that even know Tony Bennett were 75 to dead. That's it. I mean, come on. Bless Tony Bennett. I mean, great singer. But do you think anybody in their 20, 30, or 40-something back when Tony Bennett performed, you know, 20 years ago, wanted to see Tony Bennett? Of course not. And then we started getting to the multi-acts, all right? Now, you know what started the multi-acts? I'm going to give you when they started putting all these groups together here because, well, let's try to get some crossover. Jessica Simpson, Janet Jackson, P. Diddy, Kid Rock, Nelly, and Justin Timberlake. Hey, let's get all the genres covered. Now, so that I can maybe understand because too many people were feeling like I feel like Clint Black. Let me go to the grocery store during this. Then we go to 2020. Shakira, Jennifer Lopez, and Bad Bunny. All right, really? Bad Bunny? Who wants to see Bad Bunny of the demographics that professional football hits? What's the demographics? Who knows? Bad Bunny with Shakira and Jennifer. Remember that? That was 2020. Last year, we had Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar, 50 Cent. Okay, so that's... And that was a good show. But then again, you know, people in that age range that liked R&B hip-hop... For them, it was gold. They loved it. But I'm doing a Super Bowl party last year, right? And the place where I was doing the Super Bowl party, most of them were going like, what the heck am I watching? Because they couldn't relate to Snoop Dogg. They couldn't relate to Dr. Dre. They couldn't relate to Kendrick Lamar. And there was a fraction of people that were going, yeah, yeah. They were dancing. They were bumping and grinding. They are doing their thing. But then there was like 75% were going like, when can we get back to the game? So it, it drives me nuts. Trivia question for you. Yes. Super Bowl 31. Yes. Probably one of one of your favorite Super Bowl halftime shows. Mm-hmm. Who is it? Super Bowl 31? 31, 97. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Blues what? Brothers. Yeah, I was going to say Blues Brothers. Yeah, yeah, that was. Blues Brothers. Yeah. Belushi, Ackroyd. Yeah. Re- but, but what is the best all time? Super Bowl halftime show. A lot of people say Prince, but it was raining that day. It was such a great show. It was a great show. And again, not a lot of people like Prince, but that was as universal as you can get, right? I mean, it's it's pop, it's crossover, uh, it's R&B. All right. So, yes, Rihanna, there will be a lot of people that are not interested in Rihanna. Not interested. And again, you probably miss it. And this isn't a multi-act thing as well, too. All right, those are some terrible Tuesday rants. We got more coming up a little bit later on in the show. You got some, hit me at TC Martin 21. All right, we come back. Matt Holt is going to join us. We talk about Super Bowl betting. Oh, yeah, where it is now, where it's come from. Houston Nuts going to join us. We start breaking down Super Bowl 57 next hour with that. So hang tight with that. And, of course, more Terrible Tuesday takes. Prince singing it out in the rain. Don't it feel good? Only want to see you. See you. Can I play this guitar? 
check out his big stethoscope. Or not. It's the Dr. T.C. Martin. Come on out and join us Thursday and Friday. We will be at the Superbook at the Westgate Las Vegas. Look forward to that. Oscar Goodman will be joining us on Thursday. Marco D'Angelo, Jay Schrader, Scott Spricer, just to name a few. Uh, breaking it down, all aspects of Super Bowl 57. Continuing on, Trevor Majesty Berline will be joining us uh, tomorrow. Look forward to that. And uh, we continue on looking at uh, everything here. And now we talk the betting side of the Super Bowl with our very good friend, Matthew Holt, president, GM, popcorn vendor, hot dog vendor, U.S. Integrity, does it all. What's going on, my friend? TC, how we doing, my man? I'm, I'm good. Uh, you're getting ready to head out of town here pretty soon, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to be in Arizona for the week. You know what's funny is I, I was going to go to the actual Super Bowl event, um, but I'm actually going to come back Friday night now. It, it's so crazy. I mean, the hotel room rates, the trying to get around over there. The, the Super Bowl weeks are tough. I, I got a few meetings. I'm going to be in Arizona for a few, de- few days, but I'm actually going to come back. Uh, I'd be in Vegas to watch the game. Okay, and that's actually a smart move. I'll tell you one thing, Matt. Matt, when you're talking about that Phoenix area, anytime you have a Super Bowl there or any event like this, if Final Fours and stuff like that, it's it's too spread out, and that's what I don't like about it because you've got the stadium is in Glendale, you got stuff that happens in Scottsdale, stuff that happens in in downtown Phoenix, and you're right, it's it's not easy to get around to all of these places uh you know for these type of events and we even see that with the fiesta bowl or the uh, the college uh, you know national championship games as well when you have something down there i mean i really prefer like this year the final four is going to be in houston everything's going to be pretty much within walking distance or like a short you know lift ride or uber ride and the same thing with new orleans last year when i was down there in new orleans i mean everything like was right there Everything was walkable. And, uh, I don't know. I just, you know, with, with, I just not a big fan of, I love Phoenix and I like that stadium and everything, but I'm just not a fan of doing the multi-day things. Does that make sense? Yeah, I totally get it. And, and you're right. It is tough to get around down there. I mean, you end up spending a lot of time. I mean, these Uber rides take an hour sometime to get from spot to spot with the traffic and everything. And, so, yeah, I'm excited to get in there, get some meetings done, and get back. All right, Matt. Uh, we're going to ask you to uh, uh, um, participate in our in our survey today. Okay, you ready for the big survey today? Hit me. All right. So you know who's who's singing at halftime, right, uh, the yeah. Super Bowl? It's Rihanna. Uh, yeah. Okay, without looking up anything, off the top of your head, how many songs, you don't have to name them, how many songs does Matt Holt know from Rihanna? Zero. There it is, Nubchuck! Ring it up! That's what I'm talking about! <laughs> See? This is my, this isn't part of my terrible Tuesday, Matt. I mean, they get these, these genres. Okay. When you go specific genre and I, my claim is 75% of the people do not know or care who is doing this Super Bowl halftime show. And my point is that there's 75% of the public and you're part of the 75%. They can't name one Rihanna song. So thank you for that. Yeah, it's one of those things at the Super Bowl, because your audience is so like all-encompassing, you really have to go for that big, multi-generational, multi-genre star. Um, and in this case, they just didn't. To your point, I had no idea. I mean, I, I ended up hearing who was singing it because some people were attempting to... <laughs> 
uh, put prop wagers on it. But if not for the prop wagering, I wouldn't even know who was doing it. And once I heard who was doing it, I had no idea any of the music that you know they sang. Okay, so now you're going to be at home. Okay, so you're not going to be at the game. So what are you doing during that 40 minutes of halftime? Are you going to sit there with glued to that television screen? Or what are you going to do? I know you. You're going to go outside and have a cigarette, aren't you? You know what you're going to do? You're going to play cornhole at halftime. You probably have a cornhole halftime tournament already scheduled there at the uh, Palisades there of Holt. Uh, we are having a <laughs> halftime world cornhole championship. How did I know this? <laughs> Hey, let me tell you, the liquor will be on display. There'll probably be some some valuable prizes at stake here. I mean, Matt doesn't mess around with this. I'm telling you. No, no, we're going to do it right. But yes, we are having the uh, uh, Henderson World Cornhole Championship <laughs> in the whole town. There it is. There it is. Rihanna, not a sniff. I mean, he'll probably go play some classic rock, you know, with his, his speakers outside there. That's I think during the cornhole halftime tournament. That's outstanding. Still be- Journey jamming in the yard. I love sure. it. I love it. All right, man, let's talk about the Super Bowl betting. And I, I kind of want to focus with you today on your time when you were on the other side of the counter, when you were, you know, VP of a, a very prominent sports book, because I know this time of year, man, it, it gets crazy. And, you know, the evolution of, of where this has gone over the years of Super Bowl betting. Uh, just talk about it, man. And just, and, you know, we could talk about, the other states and all that stuff, but just, you know, from a betting standpoint, when you first got in the business to where it is today, how much of it has changed? Oh, it's unbelievable. And people really, it's hard to even put it in perspective. I remember when I, you know, when I first started in the business, the idea of props was a handful, one or two pages of props. And when I first started in the business uh, in the early 2000s, the the props would do about 10% of the total handle of sports betting. And everyone was like, even then they're like, wow, 10%, 7%, these things are amazing. And now what's going to inevitably end up happening is we have books that are clients of ours that have actually put out 2,000 or more prop wagers on the Super Bowl. And the props will end up doing about 65 to 75% of the wagers placed on the Super Bowl. That's unbelievable. Three out of every four wagers placed on a prop. And to people listening now, they say, oh, yeah, that's right. I have 100 bucks. I'm going to make four $25 bets. Three of them are going to be on props. That seems really normal. But to all of us who have been in the business for a long time, the idea of that seemed insane 20 years ago. And now suddenly, you know, again, going from no props to 5% to 10% to now, you know, 75% of the wagers placed on props um, just shows an unbelievable growth segment. And and I do think that we're in this uh, amazing space where we're suddenly seeing micro betting and not just in-play betting, but micro betting. So in-play betting is, is sort of the continuous notion or continuous markets of, spread money line total being open and available for the majority of the game except in certain situations. Micro betting, which is starting to become a really popular trend but was never available before because of the latency in the data, is the will the next play be a run or a pass? You know, will uh, the quarterback complete his next pass? Those things weren't really available on any type of mainstream level across the, you know, across regulated sports betting just a few years ago. 
And I think the Super Bowl, we're going to see more micro betting than ever. You know, next play, run, pass. Will be the next. Will the next pass be completed? Will the next pass be completed for over under five and a half yards? And these things will be available in real time. And thus, I think the engagement with the game, the idea that people will continue to connect with the game, continue to wager on the game throughout the entirety of the game, is actually starting to become a reality. It used to be people placed all these bets, props, or or regular markets and then watched the game. Oh, Then they started to bet a little in play. Maybe they were betting the second half. Micro-betting's changing things, and we're seeing the growth numbers on it really show a, a big amount of traction, and I'm excited to see coming out of the Super Bowl the percentage of bets that were placed live in play, the percentage of bets placed after the first kickoff, and the percentage of bets that were placed on things that we would call micro-markets, and then the percentage of bets that were placed on props. It's possible that pre-game betting on the typical main three markets, spread money line total, may end up only doing about or accounting for about 10% of the total bets on the game. You know, when you were booking the game, how careful were you in, you had to be, I guess, in in making not only the line of the game and the total, but coming up with the props and trying to make the right line on these hundreds and hundreds of props uh, to, to make sure that you didn't put up something that you could get killed at. And I know you had limits and you have smaller limits on the props, but how much time went into that about like trying to, you know, you know, make the, the right props and the right line to go with it and being creative with it as well, too? It was an entire team's full week of work to make all of the props, and we would put out 300 to 500. And the problem is, TC, with that many markets, so on a normal basis, on a normal game, let's say you put out Monday Night Football, you might have 30 different props on those games. You can watch what all your competitors are doing. What is the market doing on those same prop markets you have over under sacks, field goals? Will there be a defensive special teams TD, et cetera? And you can keep your prices very close to market. You know, play passing yards, rushing yards. There are so many player props out there available that you actually will see drastically different numbers. You'll see, you know, quarterback passing numbers, 25, 30 yards different at different sports books that you wouldn't see in a normal game because the people just can't keep up with 2,000 props and what's happening throughout the entire marketplace. So this is one of the rare instances where sports books tend to book just toward their risk on their props rather than monitoring the entire market because there's too many markets to monitor. So you're going to see opportunities. So the one thing people always ask me about, you know, for suggestions when it comes to betting on the Super Bowl, and I always say no matter what you want to bet, find the book, you know, pick up their prop sheet or get on your phone and look at, you know, what props they have. I said write down the props that you like, and before you bet them, Look at what the odds are on that same prop at a couple other books. Because if you're betting over yards on somebody, you might get, you know, five, ten yards less somewhere. If you're betting will they score a touchdown, you might get 40, 50, 60 cents better somewhere. There are such huge fluctuations in odds on these props from book to book to book that it's worth shopping around because you can get amazing bargains. Give me one or two, if you can remember, Matt, jog your memory a little bit when you were doing this, 
the most unique prop, and I know there's cross sports props and all that kind of stuff. Maybe a very unique prop that you, you guys came up with that maybe you got more action than you ever expected. So way back in the day when Tiger was popular, you know, we just started throwing in like cross market stuff with Tiger and we got so much action on Tiger related stuff, you know, Tiger number of birdies versus total touchdowns on Sunday. And it it was really fascinating to me because those two audiences don't always seem to mesh as the exact same audience. You know, you think of people that play or love golf and people that like football, and you don't always think of them being the same audience. So I was genuinely and authentically very surprised at how much crossover activity and interest there was with Tiger Woods props in the Super Bowls in in the mid to late 2000s. Matt Holt joins us, uh, U.S. Integrity, talking about Super Bowl betting. We know that we're going to have another record handle. Every year we have that same conversation with you after the the Super Bowl is done and the numbers come in, especially from Nevada, and we know that we're going to see you know record handle again here which is great but uh, when we look at this game with the Eagles in Kansas City and we saw a lot of line movement you know within the first hour of this game when it was put up you know going back now a week and a half ago on uh, Sunday night uh what do you think about this game line you think it it it, it opened right and is it is it right right now well, it's interesting, and for a game with such a small spread, there is already a miscorrelation between the spread and the money line. And what we're seeing is, is exactly what we would think we would see out of a Super Bowl with a small spread, where about two-thirds of the bets that are on the point spread are on the Philadelphia Eagles, but about two-thirds of the bets on the Kansas City Chiefs are on the money line, And that's why we are rapidly approaching a situation where the money line is almost even, which would represent that the point spread would be a pick yet the point spread has grown from one and a half to two on the Philadelphia Eagles and held very steady there because the point spread bettors are betting the Philadelphia Eagles, and those two markets are severely diverging. Normally, those markets are correlated. People that bet the money line on one team also bet the point spread. But in this case, those two markets are diverging at a significant rate. And I don't think it'll get to this point, but I think that you could see some sports books that have such overwhelmingly misaligned action where you could see Philadelphia a two-point favorite on the spread, but Kansas City minus 115 on the money line because the money line overwhelmingly came in on one side. And I don't know that we've ever really seen that before. Wow. And we rarely see a game that that goes off at Pick'em or, or one or two as well, too. And, you know, we're definitely going to see that. So you're right. Very, very unique. And we're looking forward to a game, a very good game, because it's a coin flip game. And you can really, you know, make make that uh, argument there. Now, we look at the total, Matt. We know that you got two high-octane offenses. People love to bet overs. But if we go back to the last six playoff football games, all right, so in the championship game, two and O's to the under, four and O's to the under in the divisional round, uh, how do you see this this thing? You know, it's right around fifty or so. Where do you think it closes at? And and, and what do you think is, is the right side here? And look, if you had bet over this number, so if you're trying to get over fifty in Kansas City Chiefs games, you haven't got there too much lately. There are two playoffs games. Got the forty-seven and forty-three. 
you know, before that to end the season, it was 31-13 against the Raiders, so 44. You have to go back a little bit to that Broncos game, 27-24, which just barely got over 50. For all the love that Kansas City gets as being this high-octane offense and team that scores a lot, their offense wasn't quite as high octane this year. They they did they had to do a little more ball control related offense, a little bit longer drives, not three four play drives. It's a you know breakaway passes to to the Tyree kills that they used to have. So I think there's a misconception sometimes publicly about how high scoring or how much of an over team this Kansas City Chiefs team actually is. And then on the other side of the ball, the Philadelphia Eagles on offense, no matter what you try to do defensively, they run the football. And then if you bring everybody up, they throw over the top to those two wide receivers. But I think most teams in the league caught on to that pretty quickly, that you have to guard those two receivers and that you can't stack the box. And if you don't stack the box, that Eagles run game just chips away at you four yards at a time, which allows them to go on very long, time-consuming drives. So if you like the Philadelphia Eagles in this game, which means they're going to score points, that probably means they're going to go on several long drives. And I think you can actually make a case that it's correlated, that you should probably also like the under, where if you like the over in this game, then you probably like the Kansas City Chiefs scoring a little bit faster, forcing Philadelphia maybe to get out of their rhythm of running the ball, running the ball, and maybe you like the over a little more. So to me, they're a little correlated. If you like the Eagles, that probably means they're having success running the football, going on long drives, chewing up clock, and maybe you like the under. Is there a prop that kind of stands out for you, Matt, that uh, you're going to get involved with? No, I, I do think that, you know, there was everyone always said, "Oh, the value is in betting like the the no, there won't be a safety or the some of those props at exactly long odds." Like I saw, will the game end by exactly seven points at minus twelve hundred plus seven fifty? And I thought, man, a game that's a pick'em could really easily land on exactly seven. So I was thinking about maybe taking a flyer on game to land exactly three, game to land exactly seven, game to land exactly ten. Um, because I don't think either team is expected to blow the other one out here. I don't really see a scenario where this does turn into a blowout. And because you can get six, seven, eight to one odds on some of those, uh, it would seem like there's probably some good value there. All right. All right. From your perspective, from a work perspective, U.S. integrity, when you're looking at monitoring this game, what do you look for? Because we know that everybody wants to have action on the Super Bowl from the casual player to the to the serious, to the sharp guy, whatever. Uh, what are you looking for here? Number one is illegal props, things that aren't actually allowed to be wagered on within the jurisdiction or the state that that sports book is offering it in. So, you know, things like Gatorade colors, you know, length of the national anthem, all these things that aren't actually approved for wagering within the state. And, of course, with 37 states having legal sports betting and having such different rules in each and every one, those props that will or won't be allowed vary from state to state. And then props that could be manipulated. Any type of strange line movements on on types of props that could be manipulated or could have inside information attached to them, we're trying to watch very, very carefully. And and those are sort of the main two things that uh, will be taking our focus this weekend. So 
while you're doing cornhole and and you're when you're watching the game, I mean, you you, you kind of got to work too. I mean, you can have a staff that's that's monitoring this stuff. I mean, you got computers in front of you, TVs and all this stuff. What's the deal, Leo, man? Yeah, my staff will be monitoring all week. Hopefully, at least by the time we get to kickoff, we'll have caught a any illegal props there are and have those bets voided and have all refunds given out and identified any potential props that people need to keep an eye on. And uh, hopefully there's not too many that we have to keep an eye on so that we can have the cornhole tournament at halftime. There you go. Have you had some issues in, in some of these Super Bowls recently since you've been doing this? Well, we have had issues, and I don't think they're intentional. I just think sometimes these books come up with a list of 2,000 props, and now suddenly they're in 30-plus states, and they roll the same props out in all these states. But unfortunately, with so many different rules in all of these different states, some of those aren't going to fit within the approved catalog for those states, and and thus they're deemed illegal, and we have to get them refunded and voided before – those activities get resulted in finish so that everyone avoids fines. All right. Who do you got, man? Uh, you know, final score prediction. Let's go. We're, we're writing them all down here this week. Who you got? Look, Philly's been the best team all year. I don't want to take anything away from them, but gosh, they had a perfect path handed to them by New York Giants and then a San Francisco 49ers team who didn't have an athlete left on the field who could throw the football. I'm not saying that Philly's a fraud. I just think that maybe they had one of the easiest paths to get here, one of the easiest regular season paths. I like the trusted commodity in Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes. I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs to win this game 30-17. to 30-17. to 17. Wow. In a blowout fashion. There you go. Blowout. And that'd be under. There it is. All right, yeah. brother. We will talk to you later. Thanks for the time, as always. And uh, we'll send you out just uh, for you know, so your own knowledge here. Here's a Rihanna song. There you go. And uh, this will <laughs> this will be playing while you're doing the cornhole tournament. All right. There you go. All right, my man. <laughs> Take Thanks, care. DC. Take care. Appreciate you. There he is, Matthew Holt, U.S. Integrity, our guy. And uh, again, got to spend many many years with him, uh, representing their company. Uh, back in the day with CG Technology when he was the vice president there. And I would be, come by the office, and I would see those meetings this the week of Super Bowl when they were setting those props. And they'd sit around the big conference table and throwing out ideas and pitching and everything. It's like, wow, next thing you know, here comes the, you know, four or 500 props. You know, back in those days, Numbchuck, you actually had to use a stapler. But, yeah, didn't have the printer doing it. That's it. Felt sorry for that person. Umbrella, probably the most popular Rihanna song. But 75% of the people don't know it or don't care. They'll be watching the Super Bowl. I'm telling ya. Houston Nutt's going to join us. I can guarantee he's not going to know one Rihanna song. And he's pretty hip because he can do Earth, Wind, and Fire all day. He can do Cool in the Gang all day. Rihanna, nah, I don't think so. Houston Nutt, next hour and more Terrible Tuesday. Together we'll mend your heart Because when the sun shines, we'll shine together Told you I'll be here forever That I'll always be your friend Took an oath, I must stick it out to the end It's the enemy over there, they're not your friends You don't go over there and shake hands, smile, hug their neck Let's knock them on their backs, butt them in the mouth, knock their ass in the dirt That's what we gotta do We gotta stop that buddy ball everybody in the mouth. Take the running backs to the stands. Run up in the stands and slap their mama. Live.
in the entertainment capital of the world. It's the T.C. Martin Show. It is showtime, baby. Here we go. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Going to be fielded by Lorenzo Neal at the 25. Yeah, Pitches it, it back to Wycheck. He throws it across the field to Dyson. He's got something. 30, He's got 40, something. 50, He's got 40, it. 40, He's got it. 20, 10, He's got it. End zone. Touchdown, Titans. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. The doctor is now in. What kind of excitement are we going to get on Sunday? Eagles and the Chiefs could be a game for the ages, especially virtually a pick and point spread. Appreciate Matt Holt joining us last hour. If you missed that interview, uh, make sure you go to the website at tcmartinshow.com. Wherever you get your podcast, go get it, TC Martin Show. And uh, our terrible Tuesday takes will continue a little bit later on this hour as well. And we hit that pretty hard with the Pro Bowl games and everything that irritates me about the Pro Bowl games and the Super Bowl up on the website as well, too. All right, but right now, let's talk about the game itself. Let's get to the X's and O's from uh, a guy who knows a thing or two about quarterbacks and knows a thing or two about coaching. And uh, we're talking about the head coach. Uh, Houston Nutt joins us now. Houston, what's going on, brother? Not much. Did, did they call you the doctor? That's right. They, they've they always called me the doctor because I'm operating right now for you, Houston Nutt. Hey, I learned something. I didn't realize you were called a doctor. Okay. Yeah, we've only been, you've been on my show only for what, how many years now? And you're just realizing that. There you go. First time I heard that, first time I heard that preamp, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I I don't think I've heard that before. There there you go, man. I got to feel this is going to be, this is going to be coming up in some other sidebar conversations now. So there you go. Uh, if you need, how's it going? If you need a session, my man, you know we'll we'll lay on the couch and uh, you know we'll get a we'll get we'll get some uh, some ribs and some chicken and uh, and there you go, man. I'll, I'll straighten you out. There you go. Okay. All right. Hey, here's the big question: Is have you warmed up yet? I mean, we talked to you last week. You were you were in the freeze oh, yeah. out. I mean, we had NBA games canceled in Dallas. I mean, you were right. hovering around your your old wooden stove there, man. How are we doing? Yeah. We're doing a whole lot better, my man. Uh, that that Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday was rough. Now, and and Texas not too good of drivers now when that sleet hits. And uh, I had a few wrecks on the side of the road, but I tell you what, we heated up at 65, 70 degrees the last couple of days. <laughs> ready, perfect, perfect. Listen to you, man. You're look at you. I mean, you're all fired up. I mean, you can hear it. It's like, hey, sunshine's back, warmth is well, back. Uh, well, hey, I'm fired up for a couple of reasons. One. I'm in I'm in Columbia, Missouri, as we speak, uh-huh. and I just got through getting I had a nice tour of the facilities here at Missouri on the football side. Uh, Rick Jones was nice enough to show me around. Coach Drinkwitz, real nice. Curtis Looper, who I coached at Oklahoma State, was the assistant coach. But I'm here tonight for basketball. My brother's coaching these Missouri Tigers, and so I get to talk to you today. I get to watch a good game tonight, and I'm getting ready for the Super Bowl on Sunday. Let's go! There you go, man, and I and I love it. Yeah, the Missouri Tigers, man. I've been keeping an eye on on the Tigers uh, this year, and you know, actually, been playing pretty well uh, as well you know, too. For a team that was, the team that was picked last now, TC Dennis Gates has yep. done a really good job of putting this team together. They play extremely hard. Now they're not very big, and that's where they get. 
they can kind of get pushed around a little bit. But I tell you what, they play extremely hard, and when they're hot, watch out now because uh, they're in range. When they get off the bus in the parking lot, uh, they're in range. So you got you guys. Your brother is uh, is uh, Gates's assistant, right? Is that the dealio? Yes. Yeah, yes, that's right. All that's right. the deal. I like that. I like it. Playing South Carolina tonight, so you got a little Gamecock action. Tigers and Gamecocks. There you go. A tiger should should always uh, destroy a Gamecock. You know that Houston it should. You know it should. That's <laughs> what it says on paper. But you better you better come ready, man. <laughs> that's it. And, and, and hey, speaking of college basketball, I'm going to be interested in another game that's going to be happening. I guess uh, to the south of that tonight, a little SEC battle too with uh, your your old Hogs against Kentucky going against Big Blue tonight. That's going to be a heck of a game. And you know, uh, Eric Musselman, a guy I know pretty well because he coached over here at, uh, yeah. at Reno, and then he was with the Sacramento Kings. So he's over there at Arkansas doing a good job. But you got Calipari tonight. That's that's a good one. We got some good basketball tonight. Really do got some good, good, good basketball. That'll be a really good one to watch. Uh, Musman, you know, he's lost a couple of shooters, his players early on, but uh, boy, they've been competing and playing hard. They got uh, a lot of good athleticism now on that foot on that basketball team. All right, so this is a selfish plug, and, and I have no shame. So uh, you know, I'm going to ask you, okay? So yeah. uh, I, I do not have a Missouri Tigers shirt. I've always wanted one. I've liked the black and gold. And see, my, yeah. my routine is every time I go visit a college campus, and I do just like you do, you know, get the tours and all that stuff. I mean, I love that. I mean, that's how I, I like to spend my my summer mm-hmm. vacations, you know? And yeah. and just so, here's a here's a fun fact for you that not too many people know. I came real close to going to the University of Missouri because of their fantastic communications program there. And really? Yeah, yeah. And when I was growing up in Sacramento, uh, I decided to stay close to home instead. But uh, yeah, Missouri always intrigued me, and uh, I've I've never been to the campus. So Houston, I'm going to ask you. You got to pick up an XL. I I need I need a black and gold Missouri Tiger shirt. It could be sweatshirt, t-shirt. I'm a, I am a, uh, yeah. I'm a snob though. I'm, 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 I'm a name snob. So don't be getting me no, no hand me down at the clearance rack at the Walmart outside. It's got to be from that bookstore or from that athletic office. TC, let me help you right here. Okay. I'm looking, I'm looking right at in a package, an XL, a nice dry fit, black and gold, oh! Missouri Tiger. It's coming to you, dude. It's coming to you. I'm doing the dance. I'm doing the tiger dance right now. Oh, timing is everything. Wow. Your timing is perfect because I got a couple here, and I'm going to be unselfish. I'm going to keep one, and I'm going to send one to you. If you will send me your address, I'm sending one to you. That is my man. Done. Done deal. Check mark. Check the box. And he goes, Nike dry fit. And he got the time. I mean, I, I can't it's ask only, him. It's only going to cost you a Freddy cheeseburger when I get out there. Well, you know, that's what I was going to say. So when you get here, you're going to get your Freddy's. We'll get you some some uh, yeah. some uh, some a nice little steak and uh, some seafood for you. Whatever you want. You know that. I got you. I got okay, you. Okay. Thank you, my man. I appreciate it. Okay. All right, there we go. There's a Missouri fight song. There he goes, a Tiger fight song. <laughs> Who would have known? All right, man. Well, enjoy yourself tonight. All right, so let's talk a little Super Bowl. Uh, I want to talk to you about the quarterbacks, okay? Because I know that you saw these guys both play in college. I want to know, did you see... Jalen Hurts and even Patrick Mahomes, who came before Jalen, we we know that, but still, these guys are still pretty young in in their careers. Here, did you honestly see this coming from either guy so soon in their pro careers that they'd be in a Super Bowl and playing so darn good? I can't say that. I can't say I, I, I see these guys being a Super Bowl. But I can say this: I knew they were winners 
and they 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 were special special quarterbacks. You knew they'd be very good, and it was sky's the limit, staying healthy and all that. But here's the one thing, and again, I watched watched Jalen more than I did uh, Patrick. But Jalen, what I appreciate about him in this world that we live in today, do you recall? Now he got benched. He got benched there. The championship game, Tua Tungavaloa comes in and they win the game. And remember now, all next year, he doesn't leave. He stays there, and that's after he's been a starter. Now he's a backup. Stays there the entire year until when? The championship game in Atlanta. And Nick Saban calls him off off the bench and says, let's go. And he only does – the only only thing he does is take his team down, puts them in the end zone. And I really appreciate his attitude, the way he hung in there. And then, of course, he went on to Oklahoma. It was very good. But uh, now you fast forward. To me, he's gotten better and better, especially in the passing game. He's gotten better. We all know he can run. You know that. He can run. But, man, you had the weapons of A.J. Brown and, and these guys, these receivers, uh, they get open. I mean, it's, whew, it's a handful to cover now. I, I have a lot of respect for Jalen, but um, but to answer your question, I didn't see it. I didn't, I didn't yeah. you know, it's hard to say, hey, he's going to be in the Super Bowl doing that. No, nah, I didn't see it then, but I, I knew that he was very, very good, though. Yep, no doubt. Um why do you think these guys have been so successful? What are the intangibles with these guys? <laughs> well, number one, uh, I think they're great team players, and yeah. they're unsettled. They work extremely hard. Uh, they put the time in. I think Coach Saban actually told him, you know, when he was the year that he was, you know, he got benched in the, in the off season. They said these are the things you got to work on, and they said all he did was work on it. And I wasn't there, but I'm just going from what I hear. He he worked extremely hard with. Uh, coverages, anticipation of, of releasing the football, being on time, all those little things. And so you, you got to give it to them in that way. So the intentions to me, the biggest thing that both these guys have, and I'm, I'm curious to kind of get an update on Patrick Mahomes on his ankle, both these guys can extend plays. And that makes a defensive coordinator go crazy, right? When you think everything, everything is covered up, everything is perfect. We got everything buttoned down, and what does these guys do? Uh, they go and uh, create a play. They create a play by by having this, you know, the, the ability to improvise, the ability to 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 make somebody miss, get out of the pocket, eyes downfield, either go run for the first down or make a big time throw. Yeah. Houston Nutt joins us, former coach, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Boise State, just to name a few. Does a great job, of course, on the college side with CBS Sports. The coaching I want to talk to you about now is Andy Reid, okay? Mm -hmm. And he's going against his old employer. And we know that, hey, you've been in it. I mean, you know, you, you leave a program, you're good to go, maybe face them. You know, Andy isn't really saying too much about this, but that did not end well for him when he was a head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. He's had a great right. career. He's a you know, Hall of Fame career and doing a fantastic job at Kansas City. But but talk about that mindset about yeah. you okay, this is the biggest game of your life. You know, you're playing yeah. a Super Bowl, and it's against the guys mm-hmm. that let you go, even though it's been some years. But come right. on, that's gotta stick in the craw a little bit, doesn't it? Without question. And you know, Andy Reid is class they come. I never had the privilege to meet him, but I do have some friends that coach with him. And they say he's class, he's smart. He'll, he's going to say all the right things. All those 
great questions that you would ask or the media would ask exactly what you're talking about. They, they're going to ask and have already asked about how does it feel playing Philadelphia? You know, they kind of didn't end well. He will say all the right things, but I can promise you deep down inside, there's one goal. It is a whooping. Yeah. You want to win that game in the worst way. Uh, because, hey, look, that's he, he did a lot of great things for Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And I can promise you, his children, his wife, his nephews, niece, whoever it is, I can promise you, I know how they feel. Kill them. Wear them out. Right. You know, right. Pour it on. Pour it on. <laughs> that's it. You know, that's going to be the attitude. And that's the attitude. You can't help it. He's a competitor. He's a winner. But, again, What's he gonna say in the in the paper and, and on, on the media days? Huh? He's gonna say everything just right. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate everything they've done. Appreciate this. Appreciate. It. But I can promise you, uh, when that when those lights come on and in that meeting room with his assistants, uh, not that he'll verbally say, "Hey, we're gonna do this." He is try to have his best game plan mm-hmm. of the whole year. And we've seen him be so good in off these bye weeks. Because oh, because he is, I guarantee you he's going to be drawing up something. You know, people talk about the Philly special. You know that that uh, that Doug Peterson ran this thing, and we saw a ring around the rosies or whatever you want to call it, the pocket full of posies with with uh, <laughs> Kansas City a couple of weeks ago, right? So you give Andy Reid that extra time again. He's He's these guys are always drawing up. He's like you. You're, you're drawing up all these different formations, right? I guarantee you that, that Kansas City is going to have something for that Philly defense, right, that that they haven't seen before, right? No question about it. There's no question about it. We all know, uh, I think Andy Reid is not, if he's not the best, top two, top three, I think he's the best uh, because of his creativity, the imagination, the way he gets the ball down the field. And he just he just makes it happen, and uh, he's they're fun to watch, man. They are really fun to watch, and I think Kelsey, the tight end for Patrick Mahomes, he he he's the best I've seen as far as just getting north. Not only running great, I mean perfect routes, great discipline, fundamental routes that create separation. But ever notice every time he gets the ball, hey, you know a lot of people dance around and do this and that, go sideways. Nope, he's going north, and he always knows where the first down marker is or that touchdown line, that last white line. Uh, he has a great feel for that. You know, I'm glad you brought that up too, because let's talk a little bit about the tight end. I mean, is Tra- Travis Kelsey is not your, your garden variety tight end. Uh, Goddard isn't either. I mean, we've seen the evolution of this position where it was just a, a blocking guy back in the day. And then, you know, you'd had some, some good ones going back, like Russ Francis, kind of one of those first guys that you'd say, okay, catch a lot of stuff from Joe Montana. And, but, but now every tight end, it seems like is, you know, uh, you know, is split out or is in a slot or somewhere. Yeah. Talk a little bit about how we got here with the evolution of the tight end. Yeah, it, it, it's amazing uh, how far the, that position has come. You know, usually that used to be back in the back in the day was uh, basically a guard. Yeah. That was a guard, but now the, the the evolution of this this guy this and what's amazing is you see a lot of I saw a lot of. When I went and watched AAU basketball, when I would be recruiting, and I watched that, I said, what's this guy? Uh, he's, he's played basketball. He needs to be a tight end. He's <laughs> six foot seven. He's so light on his feet. You see the guy going up and dunk a ball, and you just say, hey, you need to be a tight end or a slot back or a flex tight end, man. Mm-hmm. And so you see these guys. So 
we've come a long way. These offensive now they're being so created, uh, create creative with this RPO. Everything looks like run. And when you get an athletic guy that is six foot five, six six, six seven, it's just a, it's almost a mismatch against a lot of the linebackers. I know these these linebackers. There's there's athletic linebackers. I know they're fat. I understand that, but there's something about a guy with size that can get open. And when you have a deep threat on the outside, you have a great running back. That's when, to me, it's a dangerous, dangerous offense when you got a tight end that can get up and down the middle, go crossing routes, and then do all these big rub routes and different things, and especially off an RPO. Oh, my gosh. It's just it's – just, it's almost uh, illegal. You can't stop it. Mm-hmm. You know, going back to the the coaching thing and the and the revenge angle, you know, Nick Sirianni's got a little of that in him as well too. Because remember, this guy was on the Kansas City Chiefs staff. I, I believe it was a wide receivers coach, and he was not retained by Andy Reid when Andy Reid took over. And I think Andy Reid took over a two and fourteen team with the Chiefs. Right? Talk a little bit about from Sirianni's standpoint about. Now, granted, it's different. A new head coach comes in. You kind of expect, okay, he's going to probably bring his own staff, right? And I don't know, you know, you have been in that situation or not, you know, before you became a head coach or when you you took over. But you know, these these guys, you know, Sirianni's kind of taking this a little personal too. That's saying like, hey, I want to beat Andy Reid because he didn't retain me. You know what? I didn't know that. I'm glad you told me that. I didn't know that. Well, that's that, great. That's info. why I'm the doctor. You understand that, right? That's, See? That, that's right. And that's why I'll be wearing a Missouri black and gold shirt. <laughs> hey, but I'm going to tell you this. Ronnie's going to have the same thing, man. Right. After what I just heard, after what you just told me, yeah. guess what? And I can see him even saying maybe sometime here in the next 48 hours, he might even bring it up a little bit. You know? Yeah. Yeah. They didn't want me. They didn't want me. Hey, if, I, I wouldn't. Have you been you in know, that situation? Have you been in that situation either side before? I, like what, taking over a team or or an assistant? Hey, you're, you're not coming back, you know? Yeah. No, I had really, I hadn't really been in that situation. Hmm. Uh, the only situation I've been in is the one that you, you know, brought up the first. When you leave a school and you go back and play that school, yeah, that that's always that that's that. that those, <laughs> yeah. It, 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 that game now, especially when you're played there. That that's that's really tough. Oh no, I know, and I can just see you, man. You're like all fired up, and you had your guys oh. ready to b- bounce out of that tunnel, man, to, to win for you as if, well, too. I know. Have you ever heard of? Have, you probably hadn't heard. You're probably. Have you ever heard of this term, beady eyes? Beady eyes. Or beady eyes. I'm not from it's the south, but, but I've heard of beady eyes. Yep, yep, yep. A lot, a lot of a lot of farmers would t- tell their coon dogs. You know, they would say, "Well, they got his ears. His ears are laid back, and he's beady eyed. That means he's ready to go." And so I always think about these guys down in Fort Ice, Arkansas. They would use those terms, beady eyes. I can promise you, these coaches will have beady eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Here's what I want to know. Are you going to have beady eyes coming Sunday? I want, want to know what is it. You know it's coming. You know what I'm going to ask you. What is on the Houston Nut table? What's on the menu? Where are you watching the game? Break it down. Okay, here we go. It's funny you asked that because Diana, yep. my wife, texted me today says, what are you thinking? <laughs> what? Well, Sunday, I'd kind of like to have an idea. I said, there you go, Diana. I like the way you're thinking. I yep. like the way you're you know, food is very important. Some people smoke and drink. Well, let me tell you something. 
I like to eat, yeah. especially on that day. And so I said, hey, you know, I'm going to usually want to go barbecue. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if you want to go something different, I'm all for it. Let me know. if, it's, if what, what, what do you want? You want steak? You want chicken? What do you want? I'm, I'm a team player. Yeah. So I put it back to her, and I hadn't heard back. Uh-oh. So I'm kind of I'm kind of waiting but I can I can assure you it's going to be something really good but most likely it will probably be it will probably be some barbecue with a mixture. Mm. Mm. Dynamite yeah. Diana going to work. I knew it. I was going to bring it up. Said what which what what's she going with? What's she what she got going? And I know that she's going to be having some desserts going too. Well, she she usually does a little you know the the cheese dip she does has a real nice queso cheese dip she oh. makes with a little cheese plates you know for the daughters and everything and I'm more really I'm I'm kind of jumping in I kind of jump over that a little bit you I know, hear I you get fat, yes and you know, I can get cheese anything I kind of got to go you know I got to get to those rib bones pretty quick <laughs> or those chicken wings pretty quick <laughs> you're going you're like me you're going right to the main event that's what I do right to the main event. No question. No question. Uh, all right, before we let you go here, we're going to get the biggest keys to the game and a prediction from you. But let's start. What do you think? What's the biggest keys matchup-wise that we got to look for? Because virtually, I mean, I've talked to so many people. Everybody's on different sides of this game, Houston. You can make a case for either squad. Oh, I know. I know. And and I I love where Vegas, you know, you notice I pick up on Vegas uh, lines these days. I never used to do that, but now I pick them up. I pick up on this now. There and you go. Right. Almost, it's almost rich, real close now. It's real close, real tight. Uh, I think the keys are always this. I think number one is hey, you, you 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 have two great quarterbacks, but you've got to stop the run. You've got to stop the run. Right when you least expect it, you better stop the run. First and foremost, stop the run. Then you can't give up big plays. You can't give up explode. They're going to make plays. These quarterbacks are going to make plays. That's the bottom line. They're playmakers. They're going to make plays. Yep. But you you can't give up the explosive. So you gotta you got the team that handles the explosive can't give up explosive. Can't give up those twenty five, thirty, forty yard chunk plays. Can't do it. Don't give it up. And you gotta protect the ball. I, I you still had to answer my question now before yep. we get going. Pat Mahomes is is how healthy is he? No, he yeah he he practiced uh, again uh, yesterday and well uh, today and they said he's fine uh, again. We know that ankle, high ankle sprain is yep. is no joke, well, and that's a three or four week. But they are saying well, it's as good as it as it can be. Okay. So I think that's translation. You know, maybe seventy five percent, eighty percent. But they said yeah. no ill effects. He said he's running around. He's good. So yeah, so that to me is is. And you, you're right. That ankle, that high high ankle sprain is really hard. And and so to me, you know, Patrick plays different, as you know. You know, when he can't when he can't run around and he can't do the side, you know, the blind passes, running to the right, throw it over the left. You know, he's different. And so he that means he's in a pocket. So this defensive line now from Philadelphia Eagles is is really good. And they they there's a little bit of an advantage right there if Patrick Mahomes can't move 100% because against this group, he needs to be able to move. But saying that, it does slow him down where he he kind of goes through the progressions a little quicker. A little, you know, he stays and he knows he's got to stay in the pocket. So what does he do? Okay, I'm going to look deep. I'm going to look here. Boom, Kelsey. I'm going to look here. I'm going to look down here. Crossing route. Boom. You know, to me, he's more of that quarterback that's going to be that, you know, not to say the true drop back, just stationary, but He's not the same 
And so he's going to go through those reads. It slows things down. And I still think he gets he, the one thing about he'll get that ball out of his hands now. Yeah. So I, not to say he's going to get a lot of sacks. I just think the game will be different if he's not 100%. If he can't move the way we love to see him move and, and play the game. So I, I think that's going to be the key. It'd be interesting. I'd love to be a fly on the wall on the defense, how they, how, how they would approach this, knowing if he's not 100%, how would they approach this guy? Because, uh, you know, they're always coaching about, hey, let's keep him in the pocket, keep him in the pocket. Well, guess what? He's not going to be looking to move the pocket that much. Right. I don't think so. How are you going to? So to me, it'd be a little bit of a different little tweak in the game plan right there. But again, it comes back to explosive. You know, can you stop the explosive play? Can you take care of the ball? And uh, which quarterback's going to take care of the best to me? That, that, to me, the bottom line. All right. Final score prediction, my man. What we got? We're putting you down with everybody else here we're talking to this week. Okay. What do here you got? Go. Here we go. I've been back and forth on this one. I've been back and forth because, you know, I really, I believe in uh, Philadelphia's defense. You know, I believe in Jalen Hurt. You know, I do. I believe in this guy, but I believe in Andy Reid a little bit better. Though I'm going with Andy Reid and a 37, 33 score, 37, 33 Chiefs. <laughs> Woo! That's a high scoring affair. Houston Nutt is calling right there. I love it. All right, now. That we're we're taking the predictions, but then you also have to participate in our survey. Now this is a big one now because I, I I've I've got a prediction myself on you right here. Okay, Numchuck and I are on, on opposite ends of this, so here we go. Okay. All right. So you realize we got the the Super Bowl halftime show. All right. Yeah. Super Bowl halftime show. You know who's performing at, at, at the halftime show? Rihanna. Yeah, Rihanna. Here's the question. Okay. Honestly. Yeah. Can Houston Nutt name one Rihanna song? No. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. There it is. Dumbshot, give me the ring of the bell. You made me a wise man. And again, that's why I'm the doctor. There it is. I know my guess. I know my guess. Houston, my, my, I don't get my, it. My daughters, would be, my daughters, my daughters, my son, they probably be upset with dad. I know you know one. I really don't. I don't know one title. My daughters too, exactly. Only reason I know some is because you know when I was coaching my daughter and and driving her around and and to all these the basketball games and softball games in like 2010 and 12 and 30. Rihanna was as hot as can be, so I know those songs. But for the most part, so the reason why this got brought up because we're talking about how these a lot of these uh, halftime shows that 75 percent it's it's my opinion 75 percent of the football fans of the public do not really care or know about these artists when you're talking about a specific genre. Now, you could go country like a Clint Black. It'll be the same way. There'll be people that, I don't care about him, you know, or you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I just yeah, think yeah, that, yeah, yeah. you know, it, that's, so, but they decide to to go like with one genre for a lot of these shows. I just think that it, it tunes like a lot of people out. And I think, uh, I, I think, I think I know the answer to my next question is that, you know, 40 minutes, that's a long time for, you know, halftime. I think you're turning off the TV. You're not going to be like at the edge of the couch, you know, watching, you know, Patrick Mahomes uh, scramble against this Eagles defense. I think you're going to be going for seconds and thirds during that halftime performance. That's what I think. <laughs> yes. The doctor knows me. The doctor knows me. There That's it right. is. There it is, man. <laughs> My man, enjoy the game tonight, man. Tell your brother hello. We're rooting for him. All right, you let him know this, okay? I don't care. Tell him know that we're laying 16 points tonight with the Tigers, okay, to beat oh those Gamecocks. God. There it is. Oh, be careful. Be yeah. careful. <laughs>
Hey, we're in Vegas. I can say that. I can say I can say you can. Who who did you pick real quick? Who'd you pick on the Philadelphia Chiefs? Uh, To be honest with you, I I haven't made up my mind yet. I'm going back and forth. Uh, Seriously, four four times yesterday. I told the story yesterday on the show. Four times I changed my mind just driving to the studio yesterday. And, you know, I'm getting all this information. I'm thinking that. But for me, real quick, it's it's Andy Reid. It's yeah. he's going to have something up his sleeve, but I love Jalen Hurts. I think this is Jalen Hurts will not be rattled, and I think no. that that defense here here's the biggest key that that for me Houston, and you can comment real quick if you want, but it, it's I think that that secondary of Kansas City is so uh, young and inexperienced. I, I'm afraid that that Devonte Smith, who you know very well, you know Heisman Trophy winner Alabama, and AJ Brown and these guys, and, and the yeah. tight end, I I think that the Eagles can pick this secondary apart. So I'm kind of yeah. leaning towards the Eagles for that matter. I, I can see why. I, I was like that on Monday and Tuesday. Right. I understand. But then, hey, but then there's Andy you gotta play and Patrick and Kelsey. Right. I mean, there's that. So oh, you know. I don't know. That's it. I'm betting both sides of the game. That's it. I don't know. I can't make up my mind. I'm throwing it up in the air. All right, brother. We pre. Hey, enjoy enjoy tonight. Uh, we'll we'll look forward to seeing you real soon and uh, and talking to you soon as well. Sounds good. Thanks, okay, brother. Really appreciate it. There he is. Houston Nut on the campus of the Missouri Tigers going to the basketball game. Yeah, his brother, assistant coach there. Got cross sport guy. You gotta love it. We come back more. Terrible Tuesday takes. The T.C. Martin Show. There's only one thing we know for sure. The Giants of New York took on the Packers of Green Bay. The Dr. T.C. Martin. He was a most ripping victory by kicking an oblong ball made of pigskin to a big H. The doctor is now in. It's Terrible Tuesday. That's terrible. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. <laughs> it's Terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. Okay, the Duke-Florida State women's basketball game took place over the weekend. They had a little snafu, though. All right? Players and coaches couldn't figure out why both teams weren't shooting the ball very good, especially when you were talking about what Duke was doing. All right. Uh, Carol Lawson, the head coach of uh, Duke, said her players were complaining about the basketball while they went 7 for 34 from the field in the first half. They were 12 for 38 in the second half. Hmm. I wonder why. Well, we found out that they played the first half of this ACC women's college basketball game with the men's basketball. Now, for those of you that may not know, men's ball and the women's ball are totally separate. Okay? The women's ball is actually smaller because, you know, Women's hands are not as big as the men's. So the circumference of a women's ball is about an inch smaller than the men's ball. And it's typically two ounces lighter. So while it might not seem a lot, it is a huge difference. Uh, trust me, anyone who's 
So I actually coach both boys, girls, men's, women's. And if you're used to playing with a men's ball and then you go to a women's ball, your shot's off. And then once you become used to the women's ball and then you go shoot a men's ball, it's almost like you're throwing a shot put. I mean, it's like a medicine ball. There is a big difference, especially when you touch the ball and you shoot it, you pass it, you dribble it, and you spend so much time you know, with, with the ball. Well, in this game, again, this is an ACC conference championship, or not championship game, but a, a league game, and the referees had the men's ball out. There's no men's ladies doubleheader. It was just they got the wrong ball. But my question here is, why would it take so long for players to know? You know, if you played women's basketball for all these years and you're now in college, you're junior or senior, you know the difference. And nobody said nothing. Now, the game was at Florida State, and the home team provides the basketball. It was just very, very strange. But Florida State must play with this ball a little bit more because while Duke shot 7 for 34 from the field, Florida State made 10 of 30. What's that tell you? In the first half. 14 of 31 in the second half. By the way, Duke loses 70 to 57. Now, some big-time quotes came out of this game for Carol Lawson, former Olympian, uh, Duke coach, great player. She said, this would never happen in a men's game. I repeat, this would never happen. It's embarrassing for our sport. To have a game that in the end of the season could be a difference between a seed, between a title, and she goes, my players don't deserve that, and neither do their players. It's a complete failure. And you can figure out who the people I'm talking about that failed the sport and our players and both teams. Harsh words. Lawson also said that assistant coach Winston Gandy went to the scores table at halftime to check on the ball when he realized what the problem was. She said the game officials changed the ball to start the second half. She goes, the officials came back and the league came back and made this statement the next day. We have concluded through our investigation that it was a men's ball. The conference in Florida State is saying that it wasn't. Of course it was a men's ball. But how can you have this type of disconnect like that? They changed the ball at halftime. All right. Now, if you've seen a basketball, men's or women's, it doesn't say men's or it doesn't say women, but you can definitely tell uh, there. But uh, yeah, for this to happen at the NCAA Division I Atlantic Coast Conference is pretty shocking and, and, and pretty crazy. All right. NBA Kyrie Irving has been officially traded. Now, we say officially because we had talked about this a couple days ago that he was going to be going to the Dallas Mavericks, but then all of a sudden, oh, not so fast. And things had to be approved, pass a physical, all that stuff. Well, it's official today that Kyrie Irving is now a member of the Dallas Mavericks. He leaves Brooklyn. He will actually play in tomorrow night's game against the L.A. Clippers. But uh, Luka Donic is out right now. Now, he's, he's got a little bit of a, a foot problem, so he's not going to play. But what is this going to mean for Mark Cuban? What is this going to mean for the Dallas Mavericks? You got this bozo on your team that is going to be now playing for you. 
you know he brings drama. Anti-Semitic comments just a couple months ago. He had to go through that. He went through all the other nonsense prior to that. Is this the guy you really want in your team? LeBron James was lobbying for him to come to the Lakers. Lobbied hard. But in the end, the Nets didn't trade him to the Lakers. They traded him to Dallas instead. So pretty crazy uh, on this. But Kyrie Irving now will see what kind of shenanigans and charades that he brings as a member of the Dallas Mavericks. Stay tuned for that. All right. Well, let's see. I want to know what the heck Tom Brady's doing. Now, we saw a picture on Twitter yesterday. And there's a picture of Tom Brady sitting on the edge of his bed. Of course, a picturesque scene there in Florida, we would imagine. Uh, You know, looks like sun's rising or whatever. And Brady is like taking a selfie with his cell phone up with his left hand. He's in his underwear. No shirt. No pants. No socks. Barefoot. Underwear. With his right hand covering his genitalia? The caption that Tom Brady posts on Twitter, did I do it right? And he's hashtagging Julian Edelman or tagging Julian Edelman and Rob Gronkowski and the Brady brand. So Tom Brady has got his own underwear brand. But could you give us a little bit better picture than this? Of Tom Brady just sitting on the bed with his hand like covering his crotch. I mean, it's 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 kind of eerie looking. I don't know. Numchuck, have you gone and decided to go buy any Tom Brady underwear yet? Have you nope. ordered any yet? Nope. What what does that do for you? Does it make you want to go get some Brady brand? No, not at all. <laughs> does it change your opinion of Tom Brady at all? Looking at him and his bed, it, it just looks weird. I mean, you could come up with better marketing than this. Hey, give me, give me the what's 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 the the Duluth Trading Company guy talking about your junk and all that other kind of stuff. I mean, hey, that's they, yeah. a pretty good commercial. They do go that routine instead. What am I looking at? Tom Brady sitting on the edge of a bed and a picturesque scene there. Yes, just released underwear, game changing shape retention meets natural. Breathable cotton. Available now in boxers, briefs, and briefs. Oh, boxer briefs and briefs. Shop now. Brady underwear. And then he's got some other pictures. Is this him like posing? Or some what is this? That's a model. That's a model. So he he posted 40k and I'll recreate these photos. 40k likes and I'll recreate these photos. And that was a while back. Yeah, there you go. How many has he got? The comments in that are hilarious. If you look, the first one says, we haven't forgot this, and it's the uh, the combine day where he's just in his shirt, where he's just in his boxers. Right. Greatest thing. (laughs) Uh, OnlyFans next. Time to mute and unfollow. We got you. Damn it, Tom. Stop being hilarious on Twitter. And we're seeing bulges. I, 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 yeah. With Tom Brady underwear. That's how he wants to market it. Wow. Craziness. All right. All right. The XFL is coming to Las Vegas. A lot of people are aware of that, right? However, the 
Vegas Vipers are getting a little bit of pushback here because of their marketing right now. So the Vegas Vipers post this on Twitter. Game days greater than game day. Get your season tickets today. Tickets start at $20 per seat per game. Vegas Vipers. Nowhere on here does it say XFL. Nowhere on here does it say football. Nowhere does it have any dates of games, opponents, or whatever. But the Vegas Vipers, 2023 schedule is out, and the Vipers kick off February 18th. Get your season tickets now, and then that's the logo that we've seen. So, they've been coming under a little scrutiny. Let's read some of the comments that people posted on their Twitter page. I've been trying to buy season tickets for a month. It won't let me. Says they aren't available. I've even reached out to you guys and you never heard anything back. Wow. Uh, Attention, PR department. Maybe you should mention what sport this is. Next up. I think the logo is terrible. Uh, Just stop with all these teams. Next up. Okay, everybody. That's asking about the Vegas Vipers. I looked it up and here you go. The Vegas Vipers are a professional American football team based in Las Vegas, Nevada. The team is owned and operated member of the XFL, owned by Redbird Capital Partners, Dwayne, The Rock Johnson, and Danny Garcia's Alpha Aquio, LLC. Another one says, with the history of the startup leagues, I choose not to purchase season tickets. Would buy single game tickets, but since it appears Vegas is... The only team not offering that option It is looking like I will pass on the entire deal as I want to know in advance that I have tickets and not to have purchased them on game day. More tweets. My God, what are you worried about? Them selling out? How are these desert dogs doing? No one will be there after the first game. Just saying. What sport is this? Another person tweets out. This could... They could beat the Raiders. <laughs> Where are they going to be playing? How can Vegas have an XFL team yet not play a game in Vegas? It's a pretty good point because they're practicing right now in Dallas. But and they are playing here. They are playing here. Aren't they playing but re- at... But remember in the, that last goofy league where all the games in Birmingham? Yeah. Yeah. By reading this random post, I'm still trying to figure out what sport this is. Where are their games being played at? So those are the comments. And those are fair comments. And I'm not here to trash this team. The Vegas Vipers are not at all. I mean, but if you're a football fan, you are getting kind of sick and tired of these startup leagues, whether it's XFL, the USFL, over and over, and everything else that's been going on, the Arena Football League. And it is tough to get behind this and watch. But you have to do a better job of marketing and explain how you can get tickets, where you can get tickets. If people are trying to buy tickets, then you have to have links and stuff that work on your websites. So I'm sure they'll get it fixed, but this is not a good look uh, for any team. And again, you know, a lot of times less is more in the XFL trying to do things here that, you know, spring football again. We've talked about it before that it's a hard sell to fans. And I don't know what the attendance is going to be like, but nobody really even knows where these games are at. 
Aren't they at Sam Boyd? Isn't that, I think that's what I've heard. Sam Boyd doesn't is not in in existence anymore. Remember that? No, not not Sam, not um Cashman. Cashman Field. I think Cashman is what I've heard. Sorry, okay. not Sam Boyd. But you've heard, you think, think. You know what I mean? Again. So yeah, yeah. That's that's too bad. I, you know, it, it would be great to to have this be successful, but it is a hard sell to fans, as we know. No doubt about it. All right. All right. Terrible Tuesday takes. So we've had some good stuff. We've had some bad stuff regarding the Super Bowl week and the Super Bowl hype. Well, we've got some audio to play up. All right. We talked about the questions that were asked at the media day yesterday. Here's the best and the worst from last night's Super Bowl media night. I got him as my uh, screensaver, as, as Fat Batman. Yeah, that's how much of an inspiration he is to me, man. Can't, you can't tell my mom anything right now. She's an absolute superstar. Um, and I just appreciate everybody uh, kind of jumping on train and, and, and letting her have as much fun as she's been having because it's been cool to see her in that light. I like I like all the Rocky soundtracks and all the songs there. So the Fly Eagles Fly thing is pretty awesome, too. I mean, I got a two-year-old who before, and he just turned three, and before he really even could talk, he still knew that song. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles! I don't know, I'm out of here. I'm not talking to any more mayors from this point on, man. Andy Reid has the best impression of my voice. Um, he doesn't do it in front of a lot of people, thank- thankfully, but Andy Reid for sure has the best impression of my voice. You've got to let the voice crack just a little bit, but he's got a one, you know, that's a unique voice he has. Viva la Mexico! Do I, do I put the line or do I just say Viva Mexico? <laughs> my Spanish teachers are all cringing at how bad I'm doing right now. I, uh, muy bien. I'm lost. The quarterbacks that came before me, Shaq Harris, Doug Williams, that laid the foundation for me to be in this position. Um, I, and it goes across all sports. If you think about Jackie Robinson and people that broke the color barrier in, in baseball, um, I, I wouldn't be standing here today if it wasn't for them. And so I think about that all the time. And and uh, to be lucky enough to be in this position and to play against another great guy like Jalen, it's going to be a special moment. It's very special. You know, I told those guys when I'm – I told Randall, I told Donovan, I told Mike, I just want to carry that torch in the right way. Um, and it's, it's just the beginning. I'm a fat boy. I love barbecue. <laughs> Cheese steaks are really good, though, so don't quote me on that. I heard some mixed rumors about Philly, the Philly cheesesteak. I think, honestly, I think the best, the best Philly cheesesteaks are not in Philly, to be honest. Um, I grew up on In-N-Out. Um, but I've had a few Five Guys, and the Shake Shack. You know, I no, I don't turn any of them away. <laughs> Viva Mexico! <laughs> Andy, why didn't you mention Freddy's? I know you've been to Freddy's, Andy. I know it. They got it there in Kansas City, no question about it. Yeah, this is the best and the worst of the media night last night. But yeah, I still can't get over that. Somebody's asking. Uh, Nick Seriani, uh, yeah, which one of your players would you, you know, let date your daughter? Your daughter's five years old. Just insane. And I, I get it. Granted, said later on, like, well, you know, when they get older, just craziness. All right. All right. Yeah. Plenty of, uh, terrible Tuesday, uh, takes for you today as well too so hopefully uh you enjoyed that pro bowl games and the super bowl all right uh, we continue on here 
Uh, and remember that we've got plenty uh, of Super Bowl coverage, previews for you. We will be at the Westgate on Thursday and Friday with that, so make sure that you come on out see the show live on Thursday. Oscar Goodman will be joining us. That's right. The former mayor of Las Vegas. Oh, the stories that Oscar has. That'll be uh, fun. Will the showgirls be in attendance? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see with that. But Oscar will be joining us. Scott Spritzer, Marco D'Angelo, Jay Schrader, uh, then our good friends at the Westgate, Jay Cornegay, the Vice President of Sportsbook Operations, the Executive Director, John Murray, and we'll be breaking all of it down for you the next three days, but we will be at the Westgate of Las Vegas on Thursday and Friday as well, too. All right, and if you want to go see Cool in the Gang, all right, we got tickets for Friday and Saturday night. We're going to hit you out with a little Blues Brothers on the way out because we were talking about halftime show. We'll do that. But if you want to go to Cool in the Gang, give us a call or the Comedy Cabaret. I got tickets. I want to dish out to you now. 702-221-7283. 702-221-7283. And we will put you at the concert Friday or Saturday night at uh, the International Theater at the Westgate for Cool in the Gang. And then the Comedy Cabaret that kicks off Thursday night at 10 p.m. at the Westgate Las Vegas as well, too. All right. And also, I want to mention that Candace Parker coming to the Aces. All right. Got a chance to uh, speak with her today. Uh, had her introductory press conference today. Uh, great speaking with CP3, or as I like to say, the real CP3, right? The original CP3, Candace Parker. Um, she's looking forward to this. She is all in. She can hardly wait. She'll be here for training camp. And uh, she's out in Atlanta, Georgia, just spending a lot of time with family right now. But uh, she's excited to play with the Las Vegas Aces. She is going to fit in like a glove. This is going to be a fantastic Las Vegas Aces season. So if you haven't got your tickets yet, get your season tickets at LVAces.com. All right, but uh, great talking to Candace Parker today. She'll be coming on the show as uh, we approach training camp and the beginning of the season, which takes place in May. All right, so we look forward to that. But uh, shout out to Candace Parker and, of course, Natalie Williams. We had her on the show, as you know, last week. Great, great stuff there. And getting Candace Parker, Alicia Clark, and, uh, and others to join this Las Vegas Aces already stacked team as the Aces try to go back-to-back. All right, I want to thank Matt Holt for joining us today. Also, Houston Nut, great stuff there. If you miss any part of the show, go to the website, check out the interview pages, check out the homepage, check everything out there, and all of our Super Bowl coverage as well, too, at tcmartinshow.com. And wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple, it's Spotify, you name it, go get it, or you can... Go get the show through the website as well at tcmartinshow.com. For Dubchuck, TC saying so long. Tomorrow, Trevor Maddich, Steve Berline, a whole lot more as we count it down to Super Sunday. Big game. Big game. Super Bowl. 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 Big game. Super Bowl.